You're listening to Diana's Monster, the story of Diana Edith Harris and the events succeeding July 23rd, 2016. These include the disappearance of Martin Cruz and the deaths of Joel and Marlene Harris. My name is Martin Cruz, and together with my friend Xander, we're tracking the movement of Diana's Monster. We'll be telling the story as it happens, so if you haven't already, go back and start at the beginning. The missing is a 15-year-old Hispanic male named Adam Martinez. Adam is thought to be traveling alongside with his girlfriend, Lindsay Mitchell. Leticia Martinez? How long have you been sleeping with her? It must have hurt when she left for bigger and better things. These are kids. We all have to sacrifice for the sake of our beliefs. Who is this? I'm the man who killed your friend. And I'm the man who is going to kill Adam Martinez. You touch one hair on his head. Betrayed then. Your life for his. Every day since we joined, I've worn this ring. Two marriages, two wedding bands, but this is the ring that means the most to me because it signifies my belief in her, in Seuss, in Prague, in the work we're trying to do here. But I don't believe that any god would want us to murder children in their name. Uncle Cooper! Hey, baby girl. Where's Dad? He had to do something. He asked me to pick you up. Can we go for ice cream? Ice cream? Of course, but don't tell your dad. Promise? Detective Joseph Calderon is missing in action. He disappeared while searching for Lindsay Mitchell and Adam Martinez. Adam and Lindsay have been safely recovered. While the two teenagers are being questioned, Adam's mother, Leticia, again warns me to steer clear of Calderon. Let him go, Marty. He's helping me. They have him. The same people who yanked my son off a plane and held him captive for three days. The same people who killed Olivia. They have him now. It's over. It can't be over. They don't want Joseph, Marty. They want you. Joseph was using you to find them, and now they're going to use him to get to you. It doesn't matter, Letty. I can't let him get hurt. You don't understand. In Evanston, I went searching for the truth, and it got a man killed just for helping me. And I don't know. I guess I reacted badly. I had gotten the answers that I wanted. And... And I just left. I left the town. I was gonna run away from the mess I'd made. I left Xander to clean it up. And then I... You went missing. I went where it was from. Like you said, the man in the smoking jacket had tapes from the time I was away. And the tapes we found in Chud's house. What? What is it? Chud killed Calderon's daughter. No. He did it for the tribe. For this ceremony or whatever it is. Chud wouldn't do that. He loved Joseph like a son, like a brother. He wouldn't. Couldn't kill a little girl. I don't believe that. (laughs) He picked her up from school. Pretended to be Calderon. And the attendant there didn't ask questions didn't blink twice. (laughs) Olivia went with him willingly because she recognized him. She recognized her Uncle Cooper and they went for ice cream and he killed her. And now... They're going to kill him too if he doesn't kill them first. We have to stop him and we have to stop them. I would do anything to see Zeus again, to reach out and touch her, but this isn't the way. If bringing the gods back means murdering innocent men and women. Oh my god. What? Mother Turtle told me there would be sacrifice. (laughs) When I was away, I spoke with her. 
She told me that there would be a time for sacrifice. What are you talking about, Marty? You're right. I connected with Seuss. She took me with her to the place where she lives. This entire time, all I've wanted was to go back there, to be with her. I've been selfish. I've been blinded by my belief. And now it's my turn. What are you going to do? Give me your phone. After my argument with Marty, I'm unsure what to do with myself. I drive around for a bit before deciding on a bar. It's an upscale pub called The Happenstance. I take a seat at the far end of the bar and wait politely to be noticed. When it's my turn, I order a vodka soda. I sip my drink, fuming. How dare Marty accuse me of calling him crazy. And even if I had, he has been acting crazy. After everything I've done, after looking after him, practically changing him even, calling him after he awakens, screaming from a nightmare, after I've brought him to this place against his mother's wishes and my better judgment, after helping him... Is, uh, is the seat taken? Um, well, no. A handsome stranger approaches me and takes the bar stool next to mine. He's thin, but not skinny. Muscular. He smells of Armani cologne. Woodsy, but not overpowering. His hair is kept short, almost a buzz cut, but a little longer on top. His face is angular, like a rough sketch. His eyes are the bluest eyes I have seen, and his smile? I try not to stare, but, well... I help you? I'm staring. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, no, sorry. I was... I'm Ed. Yeah, Edward. Xander. He offers me his hand. I shake it, very aware of the sweatiness of my palm. Edward doesn't comment on it, or recoil, or even wipe his hand afterwards. So, um, do you come here a lot? The bartender sets a shot in front of Ed. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, if you can't tell. Edward downs his shot. What about you? I haven't seen you around here. I was in the neighborhood and came across this place by a happenstance. <laughs> so it brings you to the neighborhood? My, my friend, actually. He's staying around here. Friend? Yeah, he's just a friend. Good. Buy you a drink? Sure. Edward and I get talking. He buys another round. As the minutes turn to hours, I almost forget why I'm here. Lost in conversation and his eyes. Almost. So, what do you do for work? I'm a cop. What about you? I, I was a stylist, actually. And a pretty good one. But... Your friend, right? The one who's uh, staying around here? I dropped everything to help him. I traveled with him to the city for reasons I don't even think I could begin to explain. Try. Mm, you wouldn't understand. I don't even understand, really. We met a man in a hotel parking lot, and he took us to a strip club to talk to a woman who had had her liver harvested. Strip club? Heaven on earth. Yeah, I know it. Uh, oh. Not for that. We actually raided the place a couple of days ago. Raided? Why? We got a tip that some of the girls were selling more than just lap dances. Sex? You'd think, right? But no. Drugs. What happened? Didn't find much, but we did take a couple of them into custody. Oh my god. Unless our sources come forward or someone else does, we're looking at possession. If I had to dance on a stage, I'd want to be high out of my mind too. Why? I'm sure you're a great dancer. I'm no Passion Williams. <laughs> Passion Williams? She's one of the girls we arrested, actually. You know her? Yeah, uh, my friend and I interviewed her for a podcast he's doing. Or, I guess that we're doing. Podcast? Tell me more about Passion. I was wondering when I'd hear from you. Detective Calderon, I'm going to need you to give him back. I'm afraid I can't oblige, my dear. 
Detective Calderon made a deal. His life for Adam Martinez is... Is, is that... Ma- Martinez... Martinez is just fine. Calderon is mine. You're welcome to join us, however, for it is almost time. Where are you? There's no way Passion was selling drugs. And there's no way you found them in her dressing room. Marty, my friend, he and the pig went through there. They only found that... What? What did your friend and his pig find? Chud's ring. Chud? Goddamn. What? What is it? They wanted to frame her for Chud's death, to keep her from talking... And Marty and Olivia. Who's Olivia? What are you talking about? Shh. One sec. They found the ring, so the plan was a bust. But they needed to stop her from talking somehow. And killing her would raise too many questions. So the best way to stop a paranoid person in their tracks is to discredit them. The more they protest, the crazier they seem. Xander? What's going on? Passion wasn't trafficking drugs. She had had her liver harvested. I doubt she could even have a beer if she wanted to. What are you saying? I think she's been framed. I think someone planted those drugs in her dressing room. Think? You're right. We're going to need proof. We? Marty, what are you going to do? I can't let this go on. The best way for that to happen would be for you to not play their games. Don't give them what they want. They'll kill him. They're going to kill him either way. You heard the man. Joseph traded his life for my son. I'll make sure he's remembered for his sacrifice. That's just it. Sacrifice. Everyone is sacrificing something but me. Xander gave up his life to help me. You almost lost your son. And Calderon gave himself up to set him free. I'm going, Letty. Am I supposed to let you go, then? To die like Joseph? A part of me never came back from the lake. I left a piece of my soul in that place. A piece of my heart. I know that now. But being here with Joseph, with you, with Xander... It's the closest I've come to being whole. Mother Turtle said there would be sacrifice... What if, in order to stop the tribe, that sacrifices me? What if I'm the only one who can stop them? You really believe in them? The six animal gods of the lost tribe of Seuss? I know what I saw. And I know where I went, even if I can't make sense of it all. Goodbye, Marty. It was wonderful to meet you. I'll make sure Calderon gives you a call. He likes you, you know. How can I trust him after all of this? The secrets? He saved your son. But what about you? I think I made my bed a long time before I met Detective Calderon. Can you get me in to see Passion? I can try, but what about us? I mean, I thought... Edward grabs my hand, and for a second I debate leaving with him. Not to the station to see Passion, to help free her, but to a hotel room. To his house, even. The best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else, I've heard. And Edward is the type of guy I wouldn't mind getting under. But unlike Marty... I'm incapable of running away from the mess he's created. If Passion is innocent, if I know this, and I don't work to clear her, does that make me guilty? Does that make me part of it? Like myself, Passion didn't ask to get involved with this tribe and their ultimate task. Like myself, she was dragged into it against her will. There'll be time for that later. Right now I need your help. Okay, but mm, you're going to have to drive. I'm a little... Edward tries to stand. We'll take my car. The man in the smoking jacket and I have arranged a meeting. We're going to meet at the place where, several years ago, a Native American boy was found without his brain. Careful now. Edward is still tipsy as we arrive at the police station. I take a moment to survey the building. There are a few concerned-looking citizens in plastic chairs. They flip through magazines or play on their phones. A couple of them tap their feet impatiently. Don't want to end up in the drunk tank, do you? No. Edward greets the woman at the receptionist's desk, who, I think, is the chatty woman I spoke with concerning Calderon and his suspension. 
She allows Edward and I behind the desk. Edward leans over a PC and quickly navigates. She's in holding cell three. Let's go. I follow Edward as he leads me down a labyrinth of halls. I'm suddenly very aware of the fluorescent lights blinking overhead and the alcohol coursing through my system. Slow down! We approach an elevator and enter as Edward holds a card up to a scanner. Hope you're not afraid of the dark. Edward tries to tickle me. I'm uncomfortable, but play along. We finally arrive at the basement level. The elevator doors slide open without a sound. I kind of feel like Clary Starling in Silence of the Lambs. I've never seen it. Oh, it's great. Marty, uh, never mind. I follow Edward as he leads the way. There are six holding cells, four of which are occupied. The air is stale. The floor is bare concrete. Edward leads me to Passion's holding cell. Hello, Clarice. Uh, hi. (laughs) It echoes in here. Do you remember me? Yeah, what are you doing here? No, Passion, what are you doing here? Possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? We both know you're not selling drugs. Knowledge is power. Marty searched your dressing room. When we interviewed you, there were no drugs there. He did what? He was following... It doesn't matter. You're not a drug dealer. Yeah, you're telling me. Did they take your pee? Yeah, I'm clean. Good. There were fingerprints. They can help prove that the drugs were mine. I've touched everything on my vanity a thousand times, digging for mascara or eyelashes. I know. So what am I supposed to do? Make a deal? Give them a name. Snitch? It would be a lie. No one gave me the drugs because I don't use or sell drugs. With my liver, I couldn't even if I wanted to. Give them Chud. Who? Detective John Cooper. Throw him under the bus. One of their own? He's dead. And believe me, he deserved it. Detective John Cooper? He gave you the drugs they found in your vanity, but you never used them. You forgot about them, but things, as they often do, get moved around. They were buried under shawls and makeup and skanky underwear. Until... Until the raid. Marty, my friend. He found something in your dressing room. It wasn't drugs, but he removed it. I think that's why this is happening to you. You were supposed to take the fall for something else. The man in the smoking jacket warned me to keep quiet, but I haven't. What happened to me? Own it. Don't let it own you. You're not your scars, Passion. What if this doesn't work? Then, I don't know. I can find blueprints to this place online or something. Maybe we can stage a prison break, like in that show Prison Break. (laughs) I know a guy who can tattoo some blueprints on you. We'll find a way. I'm not going to let you rot in here. Thanks. You don't have to- I need to do this. So throw this detective under the bus or prison break? Or I could just use the keys. What? I work here, remember? You'll just let her out? Won't you lose your job or, or worse? Let me worry about that. Why are you helping us? Growing up around here, you hear a lot of stories. Uh, people talk about magic like it's real. Like it belonged to them. It was... Something they lost, like their homes in a flood. They tell ghost stories. Teenagers break into Native American cemeteries. In parlor, more white men die of dehydration and sweat lodges than of heart disease. We've bought into this bastardized culture while ostracizing its people. I can take one look at this white woman with her silly name and know that she's no more drug pusher than I am. I'll lose her intake work, give her a few days head start but something tells me no one's going to come looking for her. If someone was framing you or sending you a message, if that's all this was, an anonymous tip. Lesson learned. Thank you, Edward. I know what you're risking. 
You'll pay me back. Are you two... Maybe. I need to cuff you. What's the plan? We're leaving. She can't just stay here. No, I'm afraid she can't. Where will you go, Passion? I'll go home. Home? Back to Durward Cove. Coastal? Yeah. Xander, keep an eye on your friend, okay? They're not done with him, these men, even if you are. Next time on Diana's Monster.